For most people, relationships are hard. Finding someone who meets your mental, physical, and emotional needs is hard, and maintaining that connection is even harder. But recently I discovered that most of my clients have a huge blind spot. They have amazing relationship skills that they use in the workplace, they just don't use them in romantic relationships. In this episode of the Love You Podcast, I'm going to share some great business advice that happens to double as great dating advice. Stick around. I'm Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast. Keep listening to learn 10 life-changing relationship tips for women. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. So I just got back from a business businessy kind of conference called Renaissance Weekend, uh, and I got to participate in a bunch of uh, panel discussions. And this is like an ideas festival, something that is a precursor to TED and the Aspen Ideas Festival. We bring all these people together to share their knowledge uh, in a really informal environment. And I ended up on a panel um, that was called The Tightrope That Women in Leadership Walk frustrations, opportunities, and successes of women in the workplace. So I'm obviously the most logical speaker for this. Now, I'm obviously not the most logical speaker for this um, because I'm not a woman and I don't run a, a predictable business and you have all these really powerhouse women who are on the panel, but I'm there because I work with smart, strong, successful women and I have a little something to say about this. So after, and I'm one of the last people to speak on this panel. So after I listened to about six superstar multimillionaire women share their insight and knowledge about how to be a great leader and how to how to thrive in a changing workplace and I'm sitting there taking copious notes it occurred to me that everything that they said these women who may or may not have stellar love lives was also really really effective at home so without further ado here are 10 great pieces of relationship advice, no matter who you're trying to relate to. And we're going to run through it relatively quickly because it's a lot of advice, but they're simple and I think you'll see the practical application. Number one, learn to listen. Right? Remember, this is advice for leaders. Learn to listen. I know as a leader of my small organization, I probably do a lot to too much talking um, because it's evanmarquettes.com and my opinion matters a lot. But I know I would be better served to listen to what the people who work with me have to say and take their contributions. Think about how this would apply to your home life. Right? Think about how if, if, if we, we spin it around, you say, oh, I do listen to him. Just imagine if you had a man who is really willing to listen to you and validate you, etc. Listening goes a long way, right? The, the adage is first seek to understand. Most of us try to explain our thoughts and our beliefs to other people, but listening is such an important skill and it's something that often gets lost in personal relationships. Number two, uh, assume positive intent. This is something that I think I do naturally, but most of the women who come to me and love you do not. And what we mean by assume positive intent is to give the benefit of the doubt to the person, in this case, the person not who's at your, not working at your company, but the person who is your partner. If he's your boyfriend, he wants to please you. 
you definitely don't want to leap to the worst possible interpretation or the worst possible conclusion, right? If your boyfriend, you know, hasn't texted you for three hours, chances are the answer is not that he's out cheating with someone else. It's probably he's been busy for the past three hours. So in good relationships, we always assume positive intent. It wouldn't even occur to me that my wife would ever do anything to intentionally harm me. If she does anything that upsets me, I'm quite positive it is accidental or incidental. When you can extend positive intent to your partner, you create a good foundation for lasting relationship because no one could be expected to thrive in a relationship where your partner, the person who's supposed to love and trust you, assumes the worst of you. So I love the concept of assuming positive intent, and that's hard. If you've had pretty bad, got pretty bad man radar and you've been burned by a lot of guys, it's hard to believe that the next guy is gonna be different than the last guy, but that's what you have to do. Men can't pay for the sins of guys in the past. Number three, acknowledge and appreciate each other's accomplishments. Remember, this is workplace advice that works just as well at home. Um, Dr. John Gottman, who's again the godfather of couples counseling, uh, talks about the, the concept of bids. It's when you turn to your partner to tell a story, when you turn to your partner for affirmation, when you turn to your partner. And it's very easy, especially when you've been together for a while, especially when you take somewhere for granted, to not take what they say with the same vigor and seriousness as you would in your past. And to someone's talking to you and you're just kind of reading your phone and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Instead of really focusing on that person. And when, when someone's telling you a story about how he won the big account or you know, whatever his big win was for the day and vice versa. And as I said, everything is you know, gender neutral here. It's so nice to be celebrated by the person who's supposed to celebrate you, but we, we tend to lose that things sort of get swept under the rug and normalized. And we need to focus on the good stuff. Otherwise, we spend way too much time in the mundane, the difficulties, the, the issues we have solving problems, and you need wins. So if you or your partner had something really good in your life, go out to dinner, have someone make a big deal about it. Uh, it says something. Um, all of these things are easy to lose if you don't continue to practice them. Next, fulfill most basic needs like respect and psychological safety. Right. This is what I would call making your partner feel, right? What he should do is make you feel safe, heard, and understood. And what you should do is make him feel accepted, appreciated, and admired very basic needs to respect someone and make them feel safe. No one can be in a relationship where they're constantly being criticized or being cut down or being gaslit, or being minimized or being ignored. Right? And yet this is all too common when people get caught up with their lives and their jobs and the stresses of day to day. The first thing to go is very basic respect, looking someone in the eye, giving them quality time, making sure that they feel connected to you. And when you have a partner whose who's greater needs is to work 70 hours a week, and he thinks because you live with him that he doesn't have to give you any time, 
He might not need any time, but if you're with a partner who doesn't give you that time, you're not getting your needs met. You're not getting the very basic respect and psychological safety. We need various touch points to feel safe in a relationship. We can't just say, oh, well, I'm your husband, so therefore you should feel safe. Well, that's not exactly how it works. We, we need to constantly water that garden. So once respect goes, relationships go quickly afterwards, whether it's her disrespecting him or him disrespecting her. Um, Next, problem solved together. Uh, what I like about this list is that everything seems obvious, but it's all pretty profound, I think. Um, what happens in relationships is that people keep score. We pay more attention to what I did, what I sacrificed, right? the extra mile I went for my wife, and I'm not as attuned to the things that she has done for me. And so it becomes this... Once again, this sort of silent battle where when you're a couple, it's never about just you because you're not isolated. You're together. You're a unit. Whatever you do affects your partner. So if there's a dif difference of opinion and in reasonable couples, there's going to be differences of opinion. It always has to be what are we going to do? One person can't just go rogue and think if, if they do what they want, even if this person's unhappy, that everything's going to be better. Right? He just ran out and bought a motorcycle overnight. Right, because he felt it because he turned 50 and that's what he needed. Well, that doesn't work. That's not problems. <laughs> problems problem solving your midlife crisis together. <laughs> that's just a motorcycle that maybe she didn't want you to buy. So all of these things are common sense that gets lost when we're in a relationship. The idea that problems are about we, right? And what are we going to do? with the fact that I feel lonely when you work 70 hours a week? What are we going to do over the fact that we haven't had sex in a month and you don't seem to be bothered by that? How are we going to handle this? Because I don't, can't do this with judgment. I know you're, you've got your reasons, right? But if it's not working for both of you, then it's not working at all. Otherwise, that's how people splint, splinter off within their couples. Um, next, build trust. And again, that's their terminology from this conference, I always say assume trust, right? Trust is given until it is lost. We assume the best qualities in someone until they've given us reason to doubt them instead of assuming that they're liars and proving themselves as truth tellers. So if you're in a relationship with someone, you have to assume trust. You can't constantly make him prove himself that he's not a liar and he's not a pig, right? Now, if you have a bad history with men, that might be hard. That's why you have to make better choices up front. If you're in a relationship with someone who you can't trust, then that's not a sustainable relationship. You can't be with a guy for years and still check his phone and grill him on where, who he was spending his time with when he was out until 11 o'clock. I mean, it's not how relationships work. So um, good relationships start with a baseline of trust. And the truth is you'd want a baseline of trust. You wouldn't want a guy who's getting on your case about what you were wearing or who you were with or, you know, stalking your social media to make sure you weren't saying the wrong thing to the wrong. I mean, gosh, life is too short for that. So good relationships start with a foundation of trust. And if you don't have trust, you actually don't have a good relationship. No matter how much you love each other, um, trust is the foundation of everything. Next, be intentional, vulnerable, and authentic intentional, vulnerable, and authentic. 
And that's kind of a vibe. I mean, I could stand here on my soapbox and say, well, that's what I try to bring to these podcasts. That's what I try to bring to my Love You coaching calls. I'm, I'm uh, intentional, vulnerable, and authentic. But it is a way of being in the world, right? And what's the opposite of that? It's not being vulnerable. It's acting like everything's okay, even when things are not okay. It's keeping a stiff upper lip, right? It's trying to put on a show because you think you're supposed to, because you think you have to, because you don't think you're allowed to rock the boat, instead of really bringing your whole self. And that's beautiful when people have vulnerabilities and you can allow your partner to see you and help fix your problem, or at least understand your problem, instead of bending over backwards and contorting yourself and insisting that everything is great. Um, so just like you, know, you can't have a relationship without trust, Imagine being in a partnership and, and listen, I've got a lot of clients who were married for 25 years where they weren't intentional or vulnerable or authentic. They just married the wrong person and smiled and nodded and gritted their teeth for a couple of decades right, to their own detriment right, because they can never establish this. So these, everything we talk about is baseline. And these are things you have to have in a relationship. If you don't have any one of these things, your relationship's not on sound footing. Next. Geez, I already mentioned this. I didn't realize I already mentioned it. I meant uh, I started with learn to listen. The next bullet point is seek first to understand. All right, so there's the act of listening, right, and not cutting off person or explaining how they should think. Really, just listening. All right, and then there's the part where you're in an argument, and your default setting is to try to explain your side of the argument, and I'm guilty of this. But the more powerful stance is to really inquire as to what their side of the argument. Why do you feel that way? How did you draw that conclusion? Right. How is it that we are so far apart and can't see in the same light? And is there a point on the, the graph where we could find some overlap and agree? Or do we have to agree to disagree? Right. Because most of us act like litigators in a relationship. We're trying to win the argument. Right. And you're not going to win the argument. Virtually no one ever wins an argument. You just have two people talking past each other. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. So first seek to understand or seek first to understand is a more powerful and effective way to handle a relationship conflict when you really want to understand where someone's coming from rather than explaining where you're coming from. Next, respect individual differences without trying to change each other. Remember, this is all business. This is how powerful leaders in the workplace create a better workplace. Is it any surprise that this doubles for what happens at home? Right. I didn't come up with any of these things. These are the exact quotes that women gave to me. So respect individual differences without trying to change each other. I have a bias. This is my pet peeve. The reason that I married my wife was that she was the only person who ever claimed to love me who didn't spend all her time trying to change me. The other women I dated who claimed to love me uh, were good people. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna say anything bad about anybody uh, that I dated. Um, I could, but I won't. But for the most part, I had, I had some, some wonderful women in my past and it was always, Evan, I love you, but you need to change this and this and this and this. And if we just iron out all your flaws, then 
I'll be happy with you. And the hard part about that is every criticism that any of those girlfriends had of me was a completely valid criticism. They're right about what my flaws were. The problem is nobody's flawless. You don't get rid of them. You either accept them or you find someone else. All right. Everybody's going to be flawed. Right? And we're just hoping to find someone who puts up with our flaws. That's sort of, sort of the magic. That's a, a key idea in Love You. Finding someone who's willing to overlook your flaws and in exchange you overlook their flaws. So just respecting individual differences and realizing you don't have to be in lockstep with your partner. You have to respect your partner. You have to be able to resolve conflict with your partner, but you're not going to be able to change him. If he's a guy who doesn't see work as important, he's more of a, you know, a work to live kind of person, no amount of lecturing is going to do that. If he's a guy who doesn't like to work out or eat healthy, no amount of you lecturing him is going to change him into the person you want him to be. Even if you make the case that you're doing it for his health and don't try to change your guy. Find a guy that you don't have to change. Next, finally, unite in purpose. What we mean by that is that it's so easy to approach relationships from that very narrow place about what are my needs, am I getting my needs met? And obviously you should. We all have very basic needs that have to be met within a relationship. But a good relationship is greater than the sum of its parts. Right? I realize this six months into my marriage, we, have, we had our first miscarriage. And I realized, oh my God, this is so much bigger than me. This just, we created a life, we lost a life. This is just so much bigger than, than me. And I had a, a shift, some new humility that the relationship took primacy right, over me. And my kids take primacy over me. And maybe even my wife takes primacy over me if I'm doing this right, right? It's far less about me. And thankfully I have a wife where we are united in purpose, where there's no scorekeeping. We both drew the same conclusions, even though she's not a relationship coach, she naturally drew the same conclusions about how we want to run our marriage, where it is not a matter of winning the argument, because if too many people win the argument, like if, if I win 70% of arguments because I'm just more stubborn, I didn't actually win anything, especially if she feels steamrolled or put upon or like a doormat. So we're both very, very deferential to say, hey, how are we going to solve this? And what are we going to do to save money? What are we going to do to allocate our time? How often are we going to see your parents, my parents, our friends? And if we're not aligned, and then again, you're not going to be aligned on everything, the relationship becomes unsustainable. It starts to, it starts to pull apart. So once you get out of your own ego and you focus on your, the relationship as bigger than you, it becomes much easier to unite in purpose. So I know that's a lot. I know I did a lot of talking today, but I want you to stop and think, if you go back through this podcast, which of these life-changing relationship ideas resonated the most with you? Which one are you not using right now that you can use in the future starting immediately? Please share that in the comments section below. I look forward to seeing you on my next podcast. I thank you so much for your time. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Thank you for tuning into the Love You podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. 
And if you have everything except a man and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship, I can help you. In Love You, you will gain confidence, learn to trust your judgment, and find a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click to watch my free video. When you're done, you could apply to Love You to join hundreds of other smart, strong, successful women in a coaching community where women like you actually get the love you deserve. I'll see you there.